not free. Somebody said, salvation is free. Uh Uh-uh, it's not free. It costs the Son of God everything. It's not free. Somebody said, it's easy to get saved. No, it's not easy to get saved. Somebody said, all you have to do is believe. No, it ain't all you have to do. You have to follow Him. He said, if you're not willing to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. So where do we get off preaching to people? All you have to do is say this little prayer and just believe and then just go right back out there and live like a sinner for the rest of your life. Where do we get off telling people you're okay, I'm okay, we're all okay? You're not okay. If you're not following Him the way He says you have to follow Him, you're not His. Why do we want to shortchange people? Why do we want to get people into church membership? Why do we want to get them wet and send them out wet sinners? Why do we want to do that to people? And why do we want to deny them the experience of the living God, the experience of the mighty Holy Spirit, the living God? Why do we want to shortchange them that way? Because we don't want to offend anybody. We are a seeker-sensitive church. Well, I'm a seeker-sensitive believer. I'm seeking God. Hello? Why did you come here this morning? For entertainment? You came to find God. That's what this place is about. That's what every church should be about. Church should be a place when you go there, you find God. You see Him in the people. You see them exalt Him. You feel the presence of God. You hear the Word of God preached with authority and with anointing. You experience God. Why do we want to have a club meeting where we try to enlist people in membership? We try to gather a crowd so we can take a big offering. Trying to sell them buttons and t-shirts and God only knows what else. Be a part of my membership club. Hallelujah, I'll send you a tape. Only cost you $20 a month. <laughs> tape costs 25 cents. Don't get me started on that now. You just don't get me started on that this morning. I'm not, I'm, I promised myself I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> Bible says he allowed them to touch him. I can touch my wife. My wife has the silkiest, smooth skin. It's just, and my skin ain't nothing like that now. They touched him. They ate with him. And the Bible says that he opened their understanding of the scriptures concerning his death and resurrection suddenly with the Holy Spirit because, see, they don't have a Bible like you and I. They just have the teachings of Jesus that they remember. Through the Holy Spirit, he opens their mind, their understanding, so that they understand the meaning now of his death and resurrection. Both his death and resurrection. See how they're tied together. They need to understand both. This is what happens when a person gets saved. They don't have to know everything. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to them. That's what counts, church. That's why it's so important in our services that we have the moving of the Holy Spirit. That it isn't left to just the preaching or just the music, but that the Holy Spirit is free to move right through these pews and touch every single person. It's important that you, while you are here, that you allow the Holy Spirit to touch you, that you express your love for Jesus. You know, somebody standing next to you, they may be lost or they may be hurting, they may need to touch from Jesus today, they may need to touch Jesus today, and if all they see is this crazy fanatical preacher up here screaming and yelling, and everybody out there is dead and not moving and nothing's going on in their life, do you think they're going to believe? But man, if you've got the Holy Spirit moving in you and you're praising God and you're shouting, you're jumping, you're rolling in the floor, you're running the pews, hallelujah to God, and you're excited about Jesus, they go, whoo, man. Isn't just that fanatic up front. There's a whole bunch of fanatics in this place. The apostles, he appeared to them again with Thomas being present. Hmm. Remember what Thomas said? I will not believe unless I can put my fingers in the nail prints in his hand and in his side. Show me. 
Thomas said, show me. He was from Missouri, wasn't he? <laughs> I got to see with my eyes and touch with my hands before I'll believe. Remember, Peter was skeptical too. In fact, they all were, weren't they? So Jesus comes and appears just for Thomas's benefit. A second time, Jesus is like it. See, he knows Thomas's heart. Thomas doesn't want to go out with just some fairy tale. He wants the goods. And so he demands proof. And you should also. You should not believe just on the basis of some fairy tale. You should demand proof. I remember before I was saved, I grew up right around here, right down in Rowan and Morgan County. I went to school in Morgan and Rowan County. And this young lady got me to go to a church and she would not settle for one of those seeker-friendly churches. She knew the powerful presence of God. She grew up in a Baptist church that had the presence of God there, honey. They shout, they jump, they run, they move. Some Baptist churches could use that today. It would do some Baptist churches, some Methodist churches, some Presbyterian churches, some Lutheran churches, some Catholic churches, some Assemblies of God churches, some Church of God churches to get a good dose of the Holy Ghost. They caused them to jump. They caused them to shout. They caused them to run because they're so dead and they don't even know it. They want to attract a crowd by their programs and by their advertisement. Let's gather a crowd. Don't they know that it's the presence of God that people are looking for? It's the answer to their needs. It's the healing. It's the salvation. It's the deliverance. That's what they're looking for. They go to church and all they get is a bunch of platitudes, a bunch of self-help stuff, and sell them another book or another tape. So Jesus comes specifically for the purpose of convincing Thomas. There's some Thomases here this morning. There's some Marys here this morning. Some of you are like Peter. Some of you are like John. Some of you are like those disciples on the world to Emmaus. Your responses to the resurrection are very much like theirs. I love a skeptic. I love a skeptic. Because you know what? Once a skeptic is convinced, they are the best disciple you can make. I told you about the one church I pastored and I was standing out in the foyer. I used to do that before I got delivered, but I'd stand out there and shake people's hands. And this lady, it was on the way into church, and she come in and she just grabbed my hand. She said, Pastor, I just got to tell you how much I really love this church. I just, I realized, I said, what do you love about this church? She said, oh, I love the singing. It's just so alive and, and so exciting. I just love the singing. But she said, now I got to tell you something, Pastor. I'm an atheist. I said, okay, why do you come to church? She said, because I just love the singing. I said, well, honey, you just keep coming. You just keep coming. See, I believe that our God is real. I believe He's genuine and I believe He's able and fully capable of revealing Himself and I preach Him that way and I live Him that way. I preach with the authority of the Word of God behind me that He is the God who shows up. Good example of that. Madeline O'Hare raised her son in atheism and he became a preacher. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's my God. He's awesome.